Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 29. Genesis chapter 29, and we're not looking at the entire chapter today. Uh, we have uh, about six verses that are being saved for next week. So, <laughs> so we're, we're, we've got the first 30 verses of Genesis chapter 9 today. Um, we've been looking at the life of Jacob, and Jacob really lived up to his name. Uh, Jacob, of course, means deceiver, and uh, uh, he tricked his uh, his brother out of the birthright. He tricked him out of the blessing. He, he deceived his father. I mean, he has been a total trickster uh, through the life of Jacob. And um, we, we looked last week at how he was traveling uh, from uh, the land where Abraham was promised towards the east, and that's never a good thing, right? Uh, uh, Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden, and they went to the east. When Cain killed his brother, he was uh, he went off to the east, and after the Tower of Babel, people went off to the east, and now uh, we have uh, Jacob who is going off to the east, fleeing because his brother wants to kill him, and. Last week we saw how God met Jacob. He, he met him there on the way and he saw this vision and Jacob totally misses the point. Jacob thinks it's about the place. He thinks, oh, this is just an awesome place. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make a temple here or a, 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 um, a house of God here. He calls the place Bethel. But it's not about the place. It's about the God he met there. Jacob... While he has God's blessing on him, he has God's blessing on him because he is the descendant of Abraham. He is the descendant of the promised line through Isaac. He has this blessing of Abraham upon him. He's not walking with God. And here we see in this chapter how Jacob gets what's coming to him. His sin catches up with him. Let's go ahead and uh, read chapter 29 up to verse 30. Beginning in verse 1. It says, Then Jacob went on his journey, and he came to the land of the people of the east. And as he looked, he saw a well in the field. And behold, the three, three flocks of sheep lying beside it, For out of that well the flocks were watered. The stone on the well's mouth was large. When all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place over the the mouth of the well. And Jacob said to them, My brothers, where do you come from? And they said, We are from Haran. And he said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, we know him. He said, is it well with him? They said, it is well. See, and see, Rachel, his daughter, is coming with the sheep. 
And he said, Behold, it is still high day, and, not, and it, it is not time for the livestock to be gathered together. Water the sheep and pa- go pasture them. But they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered together and the stone is rolled from the mouth of the well. Then the water uh, then we water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father, with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. Now, as soon as Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob came near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. Jacob told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely you are bone of my bone, or I'm sorry, surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he he stayed with him a month. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my kinsman, you shall therefore serve Shall you, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Now, Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. Jacob loved Rachel, and he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife that I may go into her for my time is completed. So Laban gathered together all the people of the place and made a feast. But in the evening, he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and he went in to her. Laban gave his female servant, Zilpah, to his daughter Leah to be her servant. And in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And Jacob said to him, what is this you have done to me? Did I not serve with you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? Laban said, It is not done so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one and and we will give you the other also in return for serving me another seven years. Jacob did so and he completed her week. Then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Laban gave his female servant Bilhah to his daughter Rachel to be her servant. So Jacob went into Rachel also, and he loved Rachel 
more than Leah and served Laban for another seven years. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to understand and obey this morning. Your word is more precious than gold. It is more precious than silver. Your word has the power to divide even between the bone and the marrow. It is living and active. Use your word on us this morning. Where we love you, give me grace and strength as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. This text begins that Jacob finally gets to where he's headed. And it it tells us specifically he got to the land of the people of the east. In this, I think we should see Jacob is in exile. His brother wanted to kill him. He ran, and where did he run? He ran to the place of exile. He went to the east. Um, He is not walking with God, and he is away from the land of promise. It's not looking good. And when he gets there, in spite of the fact that he has gone into the east, he's gone into exile, he finds what he's looking for. God is still continuing to bless him in spite of his not walking with God. It says, he saw this well and there were people around it. Uh, and and uh, there's some kind of a custom that they had. They would wait until all the flocks had gathered. This seemed to be their, their, their local custom that they had. They, the, the well was covered with this big stone and they would wait until everyone was there. And when everyone had arrived, they would lift the stone so that they would be able to water their sheep altogether. Uh, some suggest maybe this was such a heavy stone that they had to wait until everybody gets there so that they could all lift it together uh, so that the sheep could get there. But then we see later that uh, Jacob lifts the stone by himself. And so uh, it almost seems like Jacob here is shown as some kind of a superhero <laughs> with, with this uh, super strength being able to uh, uh, lift this stone and water. Um, maybe he was just showing off for Rachel. <laughs> It could also be that uh, they just had this custom. They were being polite to each other and they were waiting until everyone got there so that they would water um, the, the sheep all together when they got there. Well, Jacob has no concern for their local customs. He's not worried about trying to be polite to them. Instead, when Rachel gets here, he's like, let's water her. Let's water her sheep. Let's water her flocks. So... Instead of following their customs, instead of waiting for uh, everyone to get there, he, he lifts up the stone. He allows Rachel's sheep to come and water. And, and we ought to remember here, there's some parallels to whenever the servant of Abraham went to go get a wife for Isaac. Remember when Isaac, well, when the servant of Abraham went to go get a wife for Isaac, He had traveled all this distance and providentially he found a well. 
And he had prayed before he got there. He prayed that, that uh, whenever he got there, he would find the woman that was meant to marry uh, Isaac, and he would know it because she would water his camels. Well, here we see no mention of prayer on Jacob's behalf. He goes there and he tries to do this in his own power, in his own strength, and he shows off. He, he, he's going to water her flocks. And he just takes control of the situation, doesn't he? He kisses her. Now, uh, is this a, a romantic kiss or is this just being polite, uh, you know, being a, a greeting, an affectionate greeting? Um, maybe it was just an affectionate greeting. But when he kisses her, he raises up his voice and he weeps. He, he is, uh, I don't think this is because God has now given him what he came for. He's not weeping because God has provided for me. No, he's, he's, given up, he's raising up his voice and he's weeping because this woman is so beautiful. I think we see that he loves her. All right. Now, we come to the next part, and Rachel, he tells her who he is, and he goes, as she goes, and she tells her father that Jacob has come, and um, it tells us here in the text that Jacob came, let's see, Jacob, um, okay. She tells the news to her father. Jacob comes and Laban comes out, ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him into his house. And then it says, Jacob told Laban all these things. What all these things? This is all these things. What's he talking about? What did he tell Jacob? What did he tell Laban? It'd be, it'd be nice for us to kind of have that spelled out to know. But I think he's talking about everything that had happened up to that point. Um, he's telling him, hey, I'm Abraham's grandson. I'm uh, Isaac and Rebekah, your, your, uh, your sister and brother-in-law's son. I've got the blessing of Abraham. He's, he's telling him uh, all this story of who he is and, and the fact that God's blessing is on him. And he probably left out some details. And we don't, we, don't, we don't have this in front of us to be able to know, but I'm assuming maybe he might have left out the details that were not so flattering about how he tricked his father and he tricked his brother. Well, Jacob had told him that he's um, the, the son of Rebekah, his sister, and that he has probably that he has the blessing of Abraham. And what does Laban respond? Surely you are bone, my bone and my flesh. I think we ought to be reminded as we, as we see these words, surely you are my bone and my flesh of Genesis chapter two. Abraham, or not Abraham, Adam, when Eve is created and he comes up out of his sleep, he says, surely this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. That's the kind of language that we see between Adam and Eve there in the very beginning. And when we read, surely you are bone, my bone and my flesh, I sing, we are family. 
We're family. And, and I, there's marriage um, language here that ought to remind us of that, no, leading up to the fact that, that there, there's going to be a marriage later in this text. Um, and he stays with it for a month. So Laban says, just because you're my kinsman, just because you're my relative, doesn't mean that you should stick around and just serve for nothing. I, I'm going to offer you, uh, if you stay here and serve me, you need to be paid. What would you like? Well, um, Jacob, of course, we know, he, he says, I want your daughter, Rachel. She is so beautiful. And the text tells us um, Leah, the older one, she was weak in the eyes. Now, we don't know exactly what that means. It's, it's a little bit ambiguous. Uh, we, we, we know that it's in contrast with the fact that Rachel is beautiful in form and appearance. So we, we, uh, I think we assume that it has something to do with her looks, that she's not uh, as attractive as Rachel. And so he, he wants to marry the younger daughter. And Laban gives no argument about that. Gives no argument. He could have said at that point, no, we don't do that here. You know, she's the old, uh, Leah's the older one, and Re- Rachel is the younger one, so you're going to have to take Leah instead. No, he doesn't say that. Instead, he just agrees. Laban has a trick up his sleeve. He gets Jacob to work for him for seven years. And Jacob, it says he loved her so much that, you know, he worked those seven years and it was like a day. Just a few days. He, he, it, it went, it, the time passed and, and, and all he could think about was, I'm going to get my reward. The time comes and he, he, it's time for him to, to marry Rachel. He says, give me my wife. And Laban hatches a plan. It says, Laban gathered together all the people of the place and he made a feast. And the word feast there has the, 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 the root for drink in it. So I think it's some kind of a drinking party. He, 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 he has this feast and he has lots of wine to drink. And then probably there was some kind of intoxication involved. And also, um, you know, it, it was probably dark and, and Leah was wearing a veil. But um, when it was time to consummate, consummate the marriage, uh, Laban did the old switcheroo. And he, he sent Leah in the place, in place. And by, that, by the time he woke up and realized what had happened, it was too late. The marriage had been consummated. And in the morning, it was Leah. He had his heart set on Rachel. And in the morning, it was Leah. You know, that, that um, I think how sad that is for her, for Leah. You know, she, here she is, an innocent girl, and her father uses her, gives her to a man that she doesn't love, or that he doesn't, that doesn't love her. She's being used as a tool, as an object. Well, this is a sad story. Um, 
Jacob, he, whenever he realizes what's happened, he says, what is this you've done to me? What is this you've done to me? And that ought also sound a little bit familiar. Back in Genesis 3, God was walking in the midst of the garden. And he comes to Adam and says, what is this you have done? There's been a fall there. And I ought to remind us of the sin that's taken place. And then Abraham, he goes to, to, down to Egypt and he passes his wife off as his sister. And Pharaoh, whenever it's found out, says to Abraham, what is this you've done to me? What is this you've done to me? And then later on, Isaac, just back a couple of chapters earlier, Isaac does the same thing his father did. And he passes off his wife as his sister. And Abimelech, when he realizes what's happened, he says, what is this you've done to me? Now the shoe's on the other foot. Jacob. Jacob is the one saying, what is this you've done to me? He has been tricked. The trickster has been tricked. The one who stole his brother's birthright and and the blessing, the one who had tricked his father, has now had his sin come back and bite him. And God sometimes does that for us. There's a verse that says, Beware, your sin shall find you out. And that happened to Jacob. So then, he says, um, Did I not serve you for Rachel? Then why have you deceived me? And Laban said, It is not done so in our country to give to the younger before the firstborn. Now, think of what the situation is with Jacob and his brother. Jacob's the younger. The firstborn was Esau. And we know what's happened with Jacob and Esau. And so maybe Jacob or, uh, um, Laban might know the story and might say, well, I don't know what you guys do in Canaan. But here in this place, we don't let the younger go before the older. The very thing that Jacob had done to his brother is being done to him. So, they make an agreement. Now, now, you know, if Jacob was being a godly man, if he had been walking with God up to this point, what should he have done at this point? He should have accepted Leah accepted her as his wife and went on without um, trying to seek another seven years and, and work and get a second wife. We know from the very beginning of creation that one man and one woman was God's plan. But Jacob is not walking with the Lord at this point in his life. And he instead follows after his appetites. He's doing the same thing that his father had done and his brother had done in following after their own appetites. Jacob 
works another seven years. He gets Rachel to be his wife. And we see here there's a conflict. There's a conflict. Verse 30. So Jacob went into Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah and served Laban for another seven years. We have a broken family. He had broken his family when he was in Canaan as he deceived his father, as he deceived and stole from his brother. And now he's in another place and we ha- he has been the one who's being deceived, but we again we end up with a broken family. That God's design was that there would be one man and one woman, and here he is with two wives. One is left out. She is getting the cold shoulder. She is she is um, um, she is not loved. Jacob is not walking with the Lord. So what do we see here? One, God's blessing and his determination to bless Abraham worked on Jacob in spite of the fact that Jacob was not seeking after God. And so often, God can bless us in spite of our own sin. Now, that's not a permission for us to sin. But when, when we are in the far country, when we have gone the way of the prodigal son, I think Jacob here, while he's not, he's not feeding pigs like the prodigal son was, he's pictured here like the prodigal son. He's gone away from his family, away, and God continues to bless him continues to make things turn out for his good. Jacob didn't mean this for good. And Laban certainly didn't mean this for good. But you know what? God meant it for good. We read in the next chapter of how Leah gives birth to children. Simeon first, then Levi Then Judah. Judah, the one who would be the line in which David would come from and the line in which Jesus would come from. God used all of their sin and their misbehavior and still brought about the salvation of of all people from what they did. Again, not a permission, but God is just like that. He uses even our mistakes, our sins, for His glory to bring about. He used those things to bring about the salvation of people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every family of the earth even in the midst of the sinful people that he chose. You know, a lot of times we hear uh, Bible stories about the biblical characters and we're admonished to be like them. And of course, this is not one of those. We don't want to be like Jacob. Instead, we want to 
We want to be like Jesus. We, we don't want to make the mistakes that Jacob did. We don't want to follow after our own appetites. We don't want to um, um, be a trickster. And, and even then, you know, Jacob, when it came back and bought him, bit him, when his sin came back and bit him, we're reminded from Hebrews chapter 12, like the, the father disciplines those he loves. It wasn't some kind of karma, which is an Eastern um, pantheistic idea. It's not karma, but it's God's fatherly discipline, which he does, he does to Jacob and he does to us as well. When we go off into the far country, he doesn't abandon us. He doesn't leave us or forsake us, but he will discipline us. listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.